This is a main hustle media podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the single simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back listening to Militantly Mixed. I would like to acknowledge that the Main Hustle Media podcasts are recorded on the traditional lands of the Karankawa, the Chumash, and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Sir Auntie Maine, aka the Blasian Blurred. And we are back for another episode of Mixed Auntie Confidential with myself and Auntie Teresa. Oh, my hand's going the wrong way. Auntie Teresa. (laughs) And I am coming from an undisclosed location. I am on a solo vacation right now. Um, So that's where I'm at at the moment. Uh, But we are still going to get into some good Auntie topics that we've been talking about offline for a while. Uh, Auntie Teresa. Why don't you say hi to everybody and then also tell everybody what we're talking about today. Hey, y'all. It is Mixed Auntie Teresa coming at you from the ATL. And one of the, yeah, this is a topic that we've been kicking around for a while that gets a lot of airtime, frankly, on social media generally, a lot of intense conversation. And because this, these terms are new and different for me as a boomer, Mm. um, I really think a lot about them and want to discuss them with Sir Auntie Maine and with y'all. And that is the the popular terms that people use to describe themselves or other people, the terms being white passing, white presenting, white assumed. Are those terms meant to be accurate? Are they aspirational? Or are they something else? Mm. Yeah, this gets a lot. That, well, yes, this has been getting a lot of play on the socials for a while it's gotten some play on the show as well even just as early as my my very first um year i think it's episode 11 or something episode seven it's a uh not seven definitely not seven uh but it's the white pressing am i even allowed to claim mixed race which with a high school friend of mine gretchen who is very white in their appearance but um is peruvian uh, mixed and very proven identified, um, but trying to be aware of what their appearance is like when they're out in the world. Um, and I got some flack for calling that a white passing episode, but just in the last four years, we've gone from using white passing to starting to try to find more accurate terminology like assumed or presenting. So I'd like to get in, I'd like to start a little bit with the three terms because mm-hmm. I think that's what gets misused the most in this conversation. And then you and I both have been a part of some conversations with each other and with others that have led us to go like, oh, this is something we got to help. We're not 100% experts because we don't have necessarily the experience, but we're aunties, we're in this mixed game, so we can, or and you, you can talk a little bit on it uh, differently than than I can, I guess. So, yeah. Let's get into it. Um, the first thing I wanted to address is the is the misusage of white passing, yes. which we see all the time, even with mixed folks, even with black and brown folks, we use this term incorrectly. White passing, while I don't have the definition exactly in front of me, is something that takes it comes from way, way back. 
in times where, you know, Massa was out there forcing babies on on enslaved women. And so sometimes those babies came out very pale and sometimes they appeared white to white people and therefore were allowed or able to pass as white for safety, for security, for whatever the hell, just to live, right? Um, That terminology or that experience went on for a very long time, but I feel like it kind of starts to break apart as we get further into the various civil rights eras of the 1900s so that that terminology no longer becomes accurate, necessary. You know, it's a, it's something different is happening at that point. Um, There's an, there's an action on behalf. Even that seems wrong. So part of it, I think is there is an action on behalf of the person who appears white, who is of mixed heritage, specifically mixed black heritage because they might be actively allowing people to continue to assume that white for safety and security, what happened, especially during in times of enslavement. And then there is the passively passing person that just like, it's not my fault. I just look this way (laughs) and how you assume me is, is on you. I'm still living my life. I think that also probably was happening in, in the time of passing. And now we're into um, the terms that are presenting and assumed, and both of those have critiques. Uh, presenting just means you appear like a white person, and someone's gonna someone's gonna see it. But some people believe that there is also an action in that terminology that you're actively trying to present, which could be happening. Could also just be like, again, I just fucking look like this. I can't do some. Sh- I can't do nothing about it. And then you have assumed, which is what I think people are feeling a little bit more accurate by because it puts the onus on the person who's making the assumption that the person standing in front of me, I'm assuming that person is white and therefore that person is white assumed. But I know there's still people who have problems with those. So these are the three terms that we're getting into. And now we're going to start talking about some things that we've either encountered, had conversations about or whatever. And it can it can get a little spicy. Oh, it's going to be spicy up in here, y'all. So <laughs> buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> buckle your seatbelts. Get a, get a tasty beverage that can soothe the spice as you <laughs> And, you know, just know that, you know, as always, we're here for completely constructive, uplifting purposes. Sure. And, you know, it's never meant to be negative. It's never meant to tear anybody down. Um, I'd like to start by, you're right about history and then some. So they go from enslavement, then you go into Reconstruction, then you go right into Jim Crow. And I was born during Jim Crow. Right. So, and, in, and during those times, a lot of Black, whether they were mixed, mixed meant something different back then, because it was rarely from a consensual relationship, rarely from a fully romantic uh, and certainly right. marital relationship up until, you know, later into the 20th century. But in the early part of the 20th century, you know, we weren't, so you had black people, black people of various mixed heritages who passed for whites for exactly what you said, safety, security, and some did it to reject blackness. Sure. Many people on my black daddy side of the family apparently continue to live as white. I haven't met them because mm. as my sister says, we would not get along. But- See, you know, it's so crazy that I always forget that that exists because it's so different than what my experience would be like that I would want to deny this part of me. And yet I kind of get it. I'm, I'm a little bit that way with my white side. Like I kind of like I know it's there, but 
it's not there really. So like I get it, but I forget that people actively try to not well, they do but there, that. There are people yeah. who try not to be whatever their brown is. Well, there and maybe they don't have brown. I mean, maybe they don't have visible brown. So, I, you know, I'm not. I don't judge folks. Number one, again, I came up in a different time. Number two, um, and again, some people did it for survival. There were nine to five passers back mm-hmm. in Crow and in the years directly after, where they just did it for you know the way you would go switch for Shit, a job. You need to you need to catch go home to their people. They weren't they weren't denying anything, but they played a role to be able to sure. survive or make more money or whatever. So. Yeah. That history, yes. So the 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 weight of the history, the context and the connotation all really hang heavily on the first term white passing. Like mm. me myself, again, boomer, I can't encounter that term without flinching, shaking my head, sucking my teeth, whatever. Because yeah. that term, I'm like, are you passing for white? Okay. Again, I can't, that term, you know, maybe in 10, 20, 30 years and when, you know, folks my age are gone, it won't have that same weight, but it, it, in reality, it still has that weight. So then we go to white presenting. So y'all can, well, for those of you who can see me, so I'm mixed, black, Jewish, uh, Native American, Blackfoot Sioux. And I look, I, I look. You know, that really, I'm sorry. Cause I remember you bringing this up before, but that does sound like your band name. Like you're like, you're out there at the honky tonk or whatever. And you're like, but <laughs> only I could sing or play an instrument. Y'all it'd be on. That, that would be, that would be your baddie name. Like when you get up there on a the stage. Sorry. All right. Let's get back. In. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Black and Jewish, black and Jewish. Hey, anyway, I know I, I love that it rhymes. That was my first thing. So anyway, I love it. <laughs> I am so here's the language I use, have used for a long, long time, and will probably continue to use because it works for me. And I want to get into the difference about that later. I am so I describe myself as very light skinned and super racially ambiguous looking. Mm-hmm. Now, I can be, I have been, can be, could be, still, you know, I can be taken for being white. Mm-hmm. However, I am also taken even more often for being Latin, for being various kinds of Asians, for being, um, you know, Pacific Islander, for being Brazilian, for being all the things on many continents, mm-hmm. uh, Mina, mm-hmm. Middle Eastern, North African, you know, all, all the things on all the continents. And yes, white pops up, but I can't control it, predict it, or assume that somebody's going to think I'm white. Right. And even when I'm around white people and I start talking or whatever, whatever, they start leaning in and well, so are you Greek? Are you Italian? Are you Israeli? Mm-hmm. Like they start, yeah, because that's exotic whites. They're trying to figure well, out what kind of exotic. To, I mean, basically, their race star is dinging. Yeah. And they're but they're looking at me and they're having what I call racial cultural dissonance. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now they got to try to figure it out. But, you know, that's what it is. So, yes, I can be taken for white. But there's people who said to me, well, you you know, people think you look white. I'm like, well, I look white to some people. <laughs> Again, I'm a, right. I'm a black test, baby. Like, literally, I'm I'm paler than usual for those who can see me because of pandemic pallor, which I'm going to work. <laughs> pandemic pallor. It's, I have because you know I wasn't this light when we started. Anyway, <laughs> I've never been this light. Um, it's, I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh my lord, who's she? But anyway, so I use the terms light skinned, 
and racially ambiguous looking, let me explain. What I realized and I started encountering among the younger folks, white passing, white presenting, white assumed. The difference is when I say light-skinned, light-skinned is the way BIPOC people of color, whatever your favorite term is, that's one of the first ways we identify someone in our community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's light-skinned, brown-skinned, dark-skinned, da, da, yeah. right? Reddish color, da-da-da. Okay. So I just grew up with that being at the top of the list of identifiers for mm-hmm. people. And in the black spaces I was in, in the mixed black spaces I was in growing up in Seattle, Washington, uh, back in the day, I was always the lightest with the least curly hair. Mm. But so, and it was never done in a negative way. I never felt othered. But on a scale, like we say, well, we, who are you talking about? That one who's light skinned yet? And then they'd be, how light are they? And this sounds like it could have been horrible, but it wasn't. My nickname was Terry growing up. It was like, well, you know, I w-, in other words, I was a, a measure. I was a standard of measure. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, almost as light as Terry, not quite as light as Terry, 2.5. Oh, you were the, you were the one of the ones they. I was the standard of measure on the light yeah, skin. Absolutely. And then my girlfriends were the standard of that. But again, this was done among peers. And at the time, and yes, I'm all about fighting and, and acknowledging colorism, but there were no undertones. This was simple, and it's important to understand that there were no undertones, there was no hostility, there was no othering, there was no colorism. Yeah. Okay. This is in if you put me in most black spaces, I'm gonna be the lightest one there. Mm. And it's yeah. points it out as as where, you know, well, for talking about the spectrum. So growing up, it was almost as light as Terry, not quite as light as Terry. That mm. was, you know, but again, that was just a fact. I knew what I looked like, and yeah, okay, cool. So um the first time somebody asked me if I was white, I was a teenager and was a girl who liked the same boy I liked. And I just started laughing and she, she couldn't understand what I was laughing. She was kind of confrontational. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because that seems so crazy to me because if you thought I was white, you wouldn't ask. Yeah. You wouldn't ask. You would just assume, oh, that's a white girl, which people have done. Right. But, and she said, and she had to admit, she says, you know, you're right. I said, you wouldn't ask a white person, are they, are you white? Because that's right. just go, are you white? Right. Just yeah. trying to decide if he was, you know, um, tasting the rainbow. But, right. um, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not. But that's kind of funny. But I, but yeah, so I use light skinned and racially ambiguous looking. So as mm-hmm. I grew up and, you know, moved around the world more, it is very clear I am extremely, and you know this, I am at the also at the the high end of racially ambiguous looking. Which if you have a hundred people look at me and guess, you're gonna get a bunch of different hundred different answers. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I I have that too, but it's it's just different because yeah, the rarity in which someone identifies me as white at all, or even mixed with white, I I can think of one time actively and one time kind of accidentally. But I maybe there's been more, but I have very little experience of that happening. I'm yeah, always seen as some kind of brown, right? Because you are, and you and your features too. Yeah, yeah. So the only thing that I mean, and you have very Asian hair, yeah, <laughs> which I didn't realize how Asian it was until I shaved my head. But right, yeah. you got the, you, your new crop is very yeah. Asian. You're like, oh, you yeah. want a new crop? Okay, here you go. Yeah. But uh, and that also te- typically as we get older, I mean, 
I'm lighter skinned. My hair is straighter as I get older. And that's not a dare. There's no effort made to do any of these things. It just happens. Yeah. 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 So that's, you know, where we're coming from. Right. So those terms always get my attention and I'm going to be honest with you. So I'm in a lot of the, as you know, the online groups, especially little face group groups um, with a lot of the folks referring to themselves this way. And if they've got a profile pic, and I will go to their page, and a lot of times they have profile pic anyway, and I look at them and I'm always baffled because I would describe them, again, through my lens, my bias, mm -hmm. as light-skinned and racially ambiguous looking. But the other thing, Charmaine, and this is, again, something I argue with my kids about the whole time they were growing up, they just don't look white to me. See, that's what happens to me on this show. And I've talked about this on other things too. And, and so not necessarily black, white, biracial in terms of passing this, but I was getting a lot of, in the early days, I was getting a lot of white Asian mixed people that were saying, I'm white passing. No one ever sees my Asian. So, you know, I'd like to talk to you about that. And I'm like, all right, you know, get on there. So I got my little notes, you know, I'm ready to go. And then a clearly Asian person pops up on my screen and I'm like, oh no, I'm being unprofessional. I have the wrong date. I've got the wrong person's notes in front of me. Like I'm feeling all kind of guilty. And then they'll say their name and, and like, you know, try to be subtle. I'm like, and you know, just for the purposes of the recording, what's your name? You know, and they'll, you know, they'll say their name and I'm like, oh wait, no, you definitely are the person who claimed to be white passing. And yet here I'm looking at a whole Asian person. And so they would say, you know, I would address that and they would say like, you know, but the way I'm viewed out in the world in corporate spaces or whatever is I'm viewed as white. And I'd be like, but your face. And so I talked about this on other episodes, too, like this, but your face thing is something I've said to so many people who have claimed a white passing status because of the way they are treated, you know, majoritively out in the world, they're treated like a person who is white and yet i feel like there probably is some clearly like other whiteness maybe that's happening you know otherness within whiteness that might be happening to them because they do to me again mixed person also specifically a mixed black asian i detect asianness i'm guessing in ways that maybe other people aren't and so like i'm seeing but again there's just times when i cannot accept that someone's literally maneuvering the world as a white person with that Asian face to me, but also like, because they probably look like my mom and her sisters, you know, white Asian mm -hmm. women, you know, whatever that, yeah, are pale, but, you know. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And there's hair and there's feet. We all know. There's hair, there's features. It's your hair, yeah. it's your features and people you know, with, with me anyway, and I'm sure a lot of these folks, um, everybody who looks at me measures me and, and your body, <laughs> you know, and they're measuring and, you know, it's, it's happened my whole life. So I wouldn't know what to do if they didn't do it, but. I've um, literally been told they can tell I was black just because of my ass. Me too. Not oh, even yes. looking at my face, but yes. like from across the room, someone's across like room. light skin, yes. you black. And then I'll turn around and they're like, you black. Yes, that's happened to me in real yes. life, and I have not shown my face in those like those are just right. just body type identifiers. Yep. Everything. So happened, yeah. So back to the back to the folks. I want to address the folks describing themselves this way, not in an attacking way, not in a judgmental way, not in a critical way. Mm. Just because I'm, I would I would love to talk with y'all. <laughs> we can do it a group Zoom with all this. Call one eight hundred. No. Um, <laughs> 1 definitely email <laughs> slide to the dms 
Um, yeah, yeah, slide into some DMs. Um, because I'm curious. And the reason I'm curious is when I click on your pictures, okay, you are most of the, and, and, you know, Charmaine's focus quite naturally is especially the folks who are mixed Asian. Mine is quite naturally folks who are mixed with black and whatever else. And so I'm, my race star is tuned just like when people look at me to look for the black, whatever they can that find. That's a default for me first. You yeah. got to, to, to grab onto, but I'm looking at y'all's pictures. And I'm like, y'all don't, I'm not seeing Housie. Is that how you say the singer's name? I think so. I don't know. I, I've only Housie, recently Housie. discovered that that was a mixed person. But she now she, she she's an example. She of, can say she's white, passing white, presenting white. Assume I'd be like, yep, yeah. I would have thought that was a white girl, straight up. Like not even uh like people talk about Rashida Jones. I'm like, I'm sorry, Rashida does not look. She looks Rashida looks black to me. Rashida she's light skin. You know, the first major TV role she had in the one of my favorite old shows, Boston Public. She was playing a Latin, you know, administrator oh, in, the know office, yeah, in the school office named Luisa. I was like, oh, look what they did with Rashida. They made her Puerto Rican. That's but anyway, um, yes, this was in the early 2000s, by the way, Boston Public. But yeah, I don't look at Rashida and see white. Now, there again, like Halsey's one good example, but there mm-hmm. aren't a lot of examples. I never saw white with Mariah Carey. I don't care how she's right. straight, blondes and whatever, but, but again, we have different, you know, but, but for the folks who are doing it, for the folks who are labeling themselves this way and presenting themselves descriptively this way to the world, mm-hmm. I guess a couple questions. Um, one is, so this is, you know, Auntie Teresa with a heartfelt outreach to those of you folks who routinely think of and describe yourselves as white passing, white presenting, white assumed, because the times I've looked on your profile pics or I've seen you or whatever, you look, again, my bias, my language, light-skinned and racially ambiguous looking. Yes, you're Mm -hmm. light-skinned. Yes, somebody could take you for white. But if you, to me, if you're, if people are always wondering what you are, asking what you are assuming what you are you don't look white yeah because whiteness is whiteness right yeah i mean and so yes some of us look white just straight up white and like halsey halsey you know the singer is one but of all the the famous mixed celebrities we see nowadays she's really one of the only ones especially who's mixed with black who as you're saying, yeah. who, really, who really, like, she could just walk by you and you'd be like, oh. She okay. flew entirely under my radar. Like, people would bring her up to me and I'm like, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar. Um, and then she popped up on maybe Saturday Night Live or something like that once. And I was like, no, that, like, I remember my initial reaction being like, no, that's not the right girl. That can't be the right girl. Right. Because right. I always want to believe that, like, smell your own kind, right? Like, you could just detect <laughs> You know, like I'm I'm like a mixed race detective. I'm trying to figure out all your stuff. But yeah, she's one. She's a perfect example of someone that flies entirely under the radar in terms of yes. could 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 maneuver as a white person without the assumption <laughs> that something else is happening. Um, the other person that comes to mind and it's really just like the news came out that they were even a mixed person. Um, they, I don't believe they have a mixed identity, though, but it's the woman who had directed the passing movie, Rebecca, Rebecca Hall. Hall. 
So she is right. essentially a like if we're going into percentages, like she's, she's a, a quarter black, right? right. Um, so right. so, but like even now, even finding out the information, I'm still sitting here going, I cannot detect this at all. Um, so I understand her desire to even make the movie that she made. I, I still haven't seen it. I have some issues with the book, but I'll get there eventually. And the casting, but you know, that's a different story. But yeah, so like she's an example. Like I don't know how she maneuvers herself because I didn't know she was a mixed woman until she directed this movie. But she would be a person that walking down the street, I would never make the assumption that they were anything other than white. I feel like that is so rare, but probably because of all the ways you can pass as a mixed person. Like if you, hmm. even though we don't use the terms this way, but like we really use it just for whiteness generally. But like, let's say if you could pass for monoracially black, you could pass for monoracially Asian. For all the ways that you can pass, the white passing part isn't really talked about if they don't have to talk about it or unless they desire to be seen for their mix which is a different part like I've known plenty of mixed people who are like please see that I'm black you know please see that I'm this like I know that I look white but please see this right um you see that version of a person but for the person who is like naturally white it's so hard to find the right terms for this because you want to be really thoughtful about how you talk about it. And yet sometimes the way you say it comes out. But so let's say like naturally white passing as in they just woke up that way that they're just they just look that way. But there I feel like in some cases, whether it's accidental or society has made this happen to them or whatever, they are also actively white passing because otherwise they have to tell the story constantly. I'm mixed. I'm this. I'm that, which ends up being accused of being a personality trait, which is something I get accused of all the time of being mixed is my whole personality. Like, no, I'm I'm a mixed person. I do a mixed podcast. I got to talk about being mixed. Like, that's just the thing. <laughs> um, is it my personality? No. Is, is my personality influenced by my different cultural heritage and things like that? Yeah, but that's not a personality. So, like, I feel like with the white passing people in particular, they have, like, they either have to walk around and just being, like, at all times, or <laughs> they just got to let it go. And, like, people are just going to treat them the way they treat them. And so they don't seem to have, like, a... A, ch a chance to breathe you know as a mixed person of just like existing in their mixedness and it also happens to look like whiteness I feel like they have a it's a very specific struggle that I think um white passing mm -hmm. people have and I, I mean I'll tell you like for me the two occasions that come to my head of someone assuming I was white one I was wearing a mask and um it was my friend's Italian husband and they referred mm -hmm. to me as thinking I was just a nice white woman because they were confused that I was the Charmaine that they had been hearing about because they thought that was going to be more obviously black. So they could only see this and whatever reason said the words, oh, I thought she was just a nice white woman. Okay. Um, it instantly made my, like my shoulders go up into earrings and I instantly hated it. And I told my friend, I was like, you got to talk to your husband about how he said that. And she's like, what? He, she thought you were nice or he thought you were nice. And I was like, yeah, you're white though. Like, you don't know how that sounds to a brown person. Um, and then the other time, I think I've told you the story is I was driving somebody and, um, 
and they were patting themselves on the back for some wokeness that they were doing, some woke allyness that they were just doing. So they were telling me the whole story while I was driving um, about about how amazing of an ally they are. And um, at some point, whatever they said made me say, well, yeah, like as a woman of color, like I would not be able to. And then she interrupts me and goes, wait, are you a woman of color? And and I was like, what? You know, <laughs> I was just like, huh? And so she takes, she has dark sunglasses on. She does this, her sunglasses. And she goes, oh, you are a woman of color. I thought you were just a regular. A regular. Oh my <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is a regular though? Oh, like, that's that, that default, baby. That's that default. That's that default. And it doesn't sound very woke and ally level no, if you're going to tell a person that's brown that you thought they were regular. She needs to repeat her grade in woke school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and also, like, you probably don't come out hard with how good of an ally you are. If you no. got that one in the chamber, like if that one's gonna pop out so naturally, why, you, why would you tell somebody you thought was white? Like that's real crazy. It's so right. wild. Like I was just like, okay, so everything about this moment is terrible, and I can't wait for you to leave. Um, <laughs> but so like, but I, I remember my automatic responses to being like, oh, please don't think I'm white. Like for me, right. it is actually something I struggle with. I, I do try to talk about it on the show too. Like I do declare my ethnic heritages. I'm not hiding from them. I didn't grow up culturally within whiteness, so I don't have like the adjacency to whiteness thing, even though my accent has been changed so that I could get a job and stuff like that. It was some a family member did, um, you know, so that I eventually had adjacency to whiteness once I went into the workplace. But like, I really struggle when someone actually thinks I'm white. So I default, and this could be problematic, but I'll try to work on it. I default with feeling bad for mixed people who have a white assumed appearance because I'm like, oh, you poor thing. You don't get to be who you are, which is various, which is real presumptuous of me. But I've caught myself feeling like that a few times. So it's something I'm addressing so that I can like work it out. But um, but I think that brings up a really important point. Um, you know, I always give kudos to you because you're always really good about being sensitive and, and aware. Uh, but Think about what you said when you think, oh, my God, you poor thing. So here's my question, again, to the folks in this category, right? Um, and with adjacency, with real adjacency, mm-hmm. um, beyond just sometimes sharing space. I'm wondering, so the, the part of me that's, and, you know, I'm very Black identified, um, and so that's the lens through which I'm looking at the world, that include, you know, along with my mixedness and what I look like and all that, but very black identified. And so what hits me is to me, again, light-skinned, racially ambiguous looking. When I say light-skinned, I'm telling you I'm of color. I'm just really light-skinned. So you might not mm-hmm. be able to tell I'm of color. And then ambiguous looking means you're going to look at me and either start guessing or asking or assuming something, an yeah. identity for me. So, um, and you'd be looking like, what is that woman? But the bigger thing is I'm wondering, because as you and I talk about all the time, and I'm on a learning curve here, y'all, so you're my teacher, becoming aware that there are more, in my case, especially Black, white, biracial people who grow up in a whiteness, grow up immersed in whiteness. That is their context. That is their frame of reference. 
and either all or mostly white. And I'm wondering if to me, and this is this is the bias that's triggered. So this is the reason I'm asking about it. And I'd love to learn more about folks who describe themselves this way. I'm wondering if that, just like my language reflects my black context and frame of reference, if that language doesn't reflect a very white context and frame of reference, because to me, leading with the word white, to me, to me, this is my bias, privileges and prioritizes whiteness. You're leading with whiteness. Right. You're not saying I'm so again, I'm light skinned and racially ambiguous looking means mm-hmm. you all see me and you might not know or you might think I'm whatever you might wonder. And I'm very light skinned. So if we're me, you know, nowadays we have phones and pictures and everything, but back, you know, before yeah. that, even in describing. So I'm wondering if that language comes from the people whose context and frame of reference in life and in the world is primarily whiteness. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, as much as I hate this, I feel like white is the default in our in like where we exist and stuff like that. And so all of our terminology starts with whiteness and then builds from there. Like to a degree, even light skin kind of does that too, right? Like, well, I guess it does kind of say that it's coming down from darker skin this maybe, I don't know. But I feel like there's so many terms that just kind of start with white and then add, you know, to it well, those there. are recent but those are recent terms they're more recent terms i mean at least for me they're more recent with terms. white presenting or white assumed those are all brand new terms for me yes right? no absolutely right right again i grew up with either light-skinned you could so when i was growing up say light-skinned you could say he she they look white yeah but you would say he she they look white look white and it, yeah mm-hmm. and in my time like my and when I always say my time, I'm always thinking about my teenage time. Um, I, I people would say the light skin mixed girl about right. me versus right. all the other light skinned black girls that were that had two black parents. Right. So like people that that was how be like oh yeah Charmaine the light skin mixed girl. Uh huh. That that was really common because you know, I mean there were some darker skin mixed folks that looked like light-skinned monoracial black people so they had to distinguish me from that mm-hmm. um and that's the way they did it but again like i grew up well yeah so i center blackness i grew up in black culture so for me my default like i feel like i had to learn the white default after i left where i grew up because again i would start with the dark and and work my way down i guess but now that i'm out in the rest of the world and not just where I grew up anymore. Um, you do feel like things just start with white with the white presenting and white assumed. I feel like, I feel like it was a noble effort to try to find a new terminology because you want to acknowledge what history, you know, what in history happened that made a term like white passing exist, right? Like there was literal periods of time where somebody probably needed to survive and in doing and happened to look white and in doing so passed as a queer person i also exist in community that does have passing as part of that as well for for trans passing to pass as straight to you know whatever it is the passing usually has safety as Mm -hmm. the reason why this activity needs to happen Mm mm-hmm even oh, even though there are people that are probably doing it not for safety reasons, but straight up like um, idolization reasons or 
assuming whiteness is better or assuming straightness is better, like in, in all the different communities. I think that exists as well. Or I, I mean, I'm, I know it exists, but we could we could talk more about that as well. I feel like safety is the origin, though. And so when people started coming up with assumed or or presenting, I think the effort was to separate it from the emergency of survival, right? Like the emergency of someone finding out I was something that I don't appear as. So I think that was a big part of that effort, which I think was a good move to try to find new terminology and make this separate thing. Um, That being said, we still dug in on some words and that's why white passing ever happens. But like you, I am curious about the choice Mm -hmm. to present yourself as a white passing person. Or presenting or assumed. Unless everybody thinks you're white all the time, I have trouble, and this is my bias, I have trouble applying those terms to somebody. Unless, again, like the examples we shared, unless unless 99.99% of the people who see you and engage with you are absolute, don't think you're anything other than white, then I'm wondering why those terms, why you're leading with that. Mm. Okay. Why you're leading with it. Okay. So yeah, I definitely want to talk to some people who have this as their thing. If they are a white assumed white passing white presenting person, I'd love to hear those responses. So if anybody's listening, please make sure you send in a message on whichever of the platforms. Yeah. We probably have to have some kind of polling or something like that. But I, I, I feel like, Okay, so for me, as a mixed person who grew up centering Blackness in a Black community, really not realizing my mixed mixedness until leaving my neighborhood when I was like 15, 16, right? Um, Like, I understood that I was mixed, but like, I really needed to be around non-Black people for that to really start to settle in, which is why I started identifying as mixed instead of Black with an Asian mom. Um, I, uh, I feel like... The once I moved to the suburbs that was predominantly white, I felt like I had to lead with saying I was mixed so often because I didn't want people to think I wasn't black. Like that was very important to me. Like I needed them to know that uh, however ambiguous you're seeing me, you are looking at a black person Mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, so I feel like me starting to identify as mixed and therefore it becoming part of my personality as I get accused of um, comes from like this desire of please do not see me as not black. Right. right. Even more so than my, my Asian-ness because as we all know, I've been talking about it. I'm going through my Asian crisis now at 44. I didn't go through it when I was younger. I, I was a, I was a black mixed girl my whole life. Now I'm identifying as a, as a black mixed Asian person. And that is a whole, that's, that's a whole barrel of issues. Um, but you know, like, so it was important to me to be identified as mixed just so that people would not identify me as non-black. So I wonder if the extending that to someone who is experiencing a life where they are assumed as white all the time. And they're just like, please, please see me as fill in the blank, whatever my other thing is. I wonder if that's what it is. Like that compulsion Mm -hmm. is I'm so often misidentified i need to put it forward and then there's the way that they're putting it forward is centering the fact that like i know you see me as white first i need you to understand something else is going on and why i think 
And this goes back to Gretchen's episode because she specifically asked the question, am I even allowed to claim mixed? And the thing about that was um, because her Peruvian side is very light skinned. And some of those Peruvians are of German heritage because as we know, South America, there was a lot of German influx and stuff like that, whatever. So even in her Peruvian side, there are Peruvians, natural Peruvians. There are also Germans that have a proven identification. And so she being a very, very pale white person who does to me now seeing pictures of her Peruvian family, I see her Peruvian facial features and things like that, but she's redhead. She's very pale, very, very white. I did not know the entire time I knew her that she wasn't just white. When she asked the question, though, and again, it's 2018, and she asked the question, am I even allowed to claim mixed? I think that it must be so hard for someone to only be seen as white when they have this full brownness and, and, and culture and stuff like that that they would like to be seen and identified as. That, like, the way it comes out is, like, I don't think I'm allowed to say I'm mixed because it's not an overt brownness. Like... Because when we think of mixed people, generally, I do think we think of people that are a creamier brown complexion of whatever your thing is. If it's black and white, if it's Asian and white, like, I think people think that there's like an obvious brownness. And in the case of a white presenting, white assumed, white passing person, they're like, I'm not. So she says, like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to take up a diversity seat Mm -hmm. because I'm conveniently mixed because my face is still white the way I'm, I'm received as white and the way I'm allowed to maneuver is white. So right. that's why I, th- I think that's the heart of, I think, why they have to or have to feel compelled to whichever the terminology is okay. to use white instead of mixed white passing, white presenting, white assumed instead of mixed, because I think they will catch bigger hell claiming a mixed status when they look more white versus saying I'm white presenting. Okay. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. I can appreciate it. It's not my experience, but I can appreciate it. And I like that explanation. I like that explanation. So Um, I would take that. And next time we get an opportunity (laughs) to speak to somebody who is a white presenting, I'll be like, hey, so this is what I came up with while we were talking. Is there anywhere near what you're experiencing? Because why? Well, why do you choose this language? Other than it's trendy. Other than it's trendy, it's popular. Yeah. And of course, we all we all fall into terms because they're trendy, especially when we're in and remembering mixed conversations in the public sphere and mixed conversations, yeah, in the public sphere are brand new in the at least in the United States of America, right. and I believe in many parts of the world. Brand new, and by brand new, I mean militantly mixed has been on the air four years. These conversations publicly are maybe maybe five years old. Yeah, because when I started the show, it was still a struggle. Like I was, I was really struggling to find people that could talk about it. I had people, I had a lot of people using pseudonyms because they didn't, they weren't ready for their families to hear how they felt about their own mix. If if they just accidentally found out that they were on a podcast, right? So, you know, that, that doesn't happen anymore. No one asked me to do a pseudonym. I mean, at this point, they may ask me to just not use their last name, but you know, that's the difference of four years. Mm-hmm. Four years ago, I would be like, what name do you want to use? And right. now I'm like, do you want me to use your last name? Yes or no. It's a it's a very different experience. People are a lot more overt about talking about their mixes publicly, which is wild to me because I've literally been talking about it forever because <laughs> I can't help it. Like every time someone sees me, my face tells way too many stories and it is very 
confusing and evidently it is everybody's business to know why my face confuses them, yes. um, which I know is different than the experience of a, a more obvious black, white, biracial person or something like that. Right. Like, well, sometimes, I mean, we look all kind of ways, right? We look all kind of ways. Yeah. I, for, I'm the same as you. I, everybody, like when turn I turn your head and you change your looking, rate. Like, yeah. When yeah. I say very racially ambiguous looking, that reflects 60 plus years of actual day-to-day -day life experience. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you know, the, it's never going to amount of time. Somebody like, just starts yeah. the guessing game. Like, yeah. So yeah. we just don't have that experience. And, and so like why I don't think we're not equipped to have a conversation about this, given our, both of our platforms and everything like that, militantly mixed and, and mixed anti-confidential. I still think that like, I still need to talk, like I need more research. I need to talk to more people. And I've, I've, I've gotten a chance to talk to a lot of people on the show, but, but this is one of those areas that, that gets pretty hot on, like we've seen it a few times. We had the experience last year when we had Dr. Yaba Blay on the show with us um, for our very first mixed auntie joint. Um, when she asked the question, which was very triggering to multiple black, white, biracial women that were raised by white mothers um, with very little adjacency to blackness, they, she, Dr. Blay asked about being a black mixed person. Why would you claim white? Like they're not, they're not checking for you. They're, they're not trying right. to accept you. Right. And that was a very true experience for my generation, your generation, like, that was very accurately how our life experience was. Um, it's the internet age, these younger generations, they've gotten to talk about identity way longer than we ever did. And so they actually can start to embrace their entire picture in a way that we didn't really get that choice when we were younger, even as ambiguous as we are. And, and I'll be clear, I don't regret that I didn't have an opportunity to be my full mixed ass self my whole life. I, felt very comfortably warm and, and included in blackness. It wasn't until this new generation popped up that I started to get questioned at all as to whether or not I had a, a access to blackness. Um, so that's something the kids did. I don't have that. I don't have that issue for me. I'm very much comfortable. If only assumed black, I don't, which doesn't happen, <laughs> of course, but if only assumed black or, or at least a welcomed in blackness and that, Oh, you're black. You're, you're, you know, you got your daddy black, you're black. If I get that, I don't need somebody to also see that I'm Japanese. I don't, I, I don't, right. I don't know why, but I don't. Um, but I think the younger generation really does. And so like when I answered Dr. Blaze's question with the only reason why I started claiming mixed is because I left my very comfortable black neighborhood in which I got to be black every day to live in a place where people are asking, what are you? you I cannot figure out you. Please tell me why I can't figure you out. That's why I had to adjust my own identity, my own identifier mm -hmm. to suit external people. And guess what? Majority of those people were white. Um, that's why I had to claim this terminology because I just needed the questions to calm down with the generation that exists now. Not only are they asking the questions, but they're like straight up telling you, no, this is what you get yes. to identify as sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's weird for me because like, you know, I'm out here talking about be your mixed ass self. And I mean that shit. I mean, like if you are a half Asian, half white person who maneuvers in corporate world as white, but is hella Asian at home. 
be your mixed ass self. You know, that's what it is. If that's what it is for you. Uh, For me, claiming blackness as a priority in my hierarchy, that's me being my mixed ass self. Yeah, I'm Japanese. I'm also Caucasian British as well. What do I have the most access to? I have the most access to blackness. Where am I the most comfortable? I'm the most comfortable in blackness. Where am I the least comfortable? I am the least comfortable in whiteness. So I am not denying my whole picture by claiming that I'm a black mixed Asian. I am just hierarchically identifying it so that people understand that if you're coming at me, you're coming at me from the perspective of someone who identifies as black predominantly, mm-hmm. who is also mixed. Yes. But my pre- predominant identifier is black. I don't know what that experience feels like for um, white passing folks. And especially, 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 especially if they are black, white, biracial, raised by their white side and white appearing or white assuming. And in a white environment. I think the in a white environment, environment is even more important than the parent. Yeah. If that is the case, their access to mixedness is very small. And then their access to blackness is probably even smaller. And so that instant like defensiveness that I mm-hmm. think some of them experience, rightfully so, you are fu- you, you're a fully mixed person who can't embrace your mix because the outside world is telling you, Mm-mm, you got the golden ticket, you're fine. You don't, you don't worry More about this shit. Or- well, well, I guess I did. I wonder how many of them, when you say golden ticket, to me, that means, again, the, I think it's a relatively small percentage. We have to do some research. The ones who are just, who move through the world as white. Okay. Because Rebecca Hall's mother is black, white, biracial. So, you know, mm-hmm. so move through the world as white. I feel you in everything you're saying. And, you know, our, our stories are very similar. Our perspectives are very, very similar. I've always claimed mixed and black together, by the way, I'm from Seattle, Washington, grew up in the fifties and sixties. And, you know, in that environment, I grew up in the black part of town. Yeah. Um, pre-gentrification. And um, back then, let's be clear in my very small world, if, if somebody asked what I was, they'd either say you're mixed, you're mixed, right? Or they'd ask and I'd say I'm mixed. That was the end of the conversation. Mixed yeah. meant your daddy was black and your, your mother, daddy was black your mother, and your mother was probably white. Now my mother was in the crew. We were in the only Jew and Jews back then were not yet considered white. Right. But that's a whole nother conversation. But anyway, but just to be specific, mixed was like, okay, cool. That was, there were no follow-up questions. There were no follow-up questions. End of conversation. Now, for me, it wasn't predominantly white people asking. It's predominantly mm. everybody. It is completely, in for me, Teresa, mm. it is every group of people on the planet in equal measure who ask, mm. wonder, assume what I am. There's no more or less, okay? Literally, it, it's er, er, all of them. All of them. <laughs> it's all of them. And don't don't travel with me internationally because we will have fun at the airport. Man, don't travel with me internationally because you're gonna get mad. All the languages get spoke to my face when I'm traveling. I get jacked up in so many, you know. Yeah. Oh, customs coming back to the states don't like. I don't get to be an American. I'm an American everywhere else. I got global entry for that, but but really, (laughs) but for real, I got horror stories horror stories but anyway so the point is for me and again that's to me the beauty of this mixedness and why i really would love for us to think about how to 
hear from some of these folks, right? Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, be in listening and receiving and learning mode because again, th this is very popular and I'm always striving to fully understand, appreciate, empathize and all that because um, as we all move through the world, to me, the thing about mixed folks, right? The thing about mixed folks in general that I think we, I want us to fully embrace and not let us divide, not let it divide us in any mm -hmm. way, pit mm -hmm. us against each other, is that we are the opposite of a monolith, y'all. While no group is actually a monolith, yes. I'm sorry, we got more diversity. We got the least amount of monolithic abilities. We, we could be <laughs> monolithic if we try, including people who are pretty much the same mix. Yeah. Every right, exactly. Yeah. Our experiences, our phenotypes, our DNA results, our whatever, 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 whatever. We we represent we literally represent multitudes. Yeah. We yeah. literally represent multitudes, right? And so uh, you know, I don't want us to start um um to start copying the limitations of the binaries. Right, right. Of the world we live in is still built on binaries. Um, and as we bust those out, as we challenge them to, you know, embrace and understand and appreciate the diversity just within us yeah. and with and between us. And right? keep having these conversations, too, with with each other, because I think yes. um, like I talked about on a recent um speaking event that I did that when I started the show, I had very monolithic ideas about what it meant to be a mixed person. And, you know, uh, a lot of that stuff gets dispelled pretty quickly as, as I get started. And then now four years later, I'm ready to change on a dime. Like the second I learn and absorb new information, I'm like, all right, great. Got it moving. You know, like now I'm moving through the world with this, with this armed. Um, and if I need more research, I'm going to try to take that time and, and also note when I don't feel equipped. So in, in this particular conversation, I think it's important to acknowledge, I, I still am other, cause um, here's something I did get heat for in the first year of doing the show when I did talk about these white passing um, presenting and assumed issues uh, from the position that I was accessing it back then was that I was giving I was allowing whiteness again to be centered in a conversation that should have been more about our brownness. So as militantly mixed and as a mixed person who has a, a radical and or militant ideology that I should have not been making space for the white assumed mixed folks, because again, they, and that's where that concept of the golden ticket popped up is someone said that to me, like they have the golden ticket, meaning they can just be white. They don't have to worry about no problems. Inaccurate. Obviously they've got the problem of not being seen as their full mix. There's that. Um, they're not, not experiencing the same thing that other mixed people are experiencing in terms of their access to identity and culture and all that other kind of stuff. But they have a different thing that we don't have in that if they did not want to access it, they could maneuver without, they mm -hmm. could, they could not do that. They could choose that. They could also be an environment in which that is chosen for them. And therefore sure. they, you know, like, you just sometimes don't even realize you're allowed to try to be who you are until you step out of the environment that you grow up in. Right. So like, I think there's people that are experiencing that. And so the heat that I had gotten in the beginning 
was that I had even, and honestly, that white passing episode is still amongst my top two most downloaded shows of all time. And it's still like randomly, I'll get like 70 people downloading it in like a week. And I'm just like, how that resurface? Like it's from four years ago. Um, so it's clearly something that people care about. Like people need to engage. Um, and a lot of the comments that w- we received from that had to do with like, why are you centering white people? I wasn't. I was centering a guest whose experience happened to be accessing it that way mm-hmm. and asking questions that I didn't understand about what the white passing experience might be like, look like, whatever. I would also get like, we don't like that term. Okay. But if you listen to the episode, you also hear us talk about like, is this the right, like right. assumed and presenting wasn't really happening yet. Like it was, it was happening within very close proximity to that time, but I didn't have access to it yet. And neither did my guest. So there's things like that. Like people have to be comfortable to allow people to enter where they enter mm-hmm. into the conversation. Because like me, I, I keep saying it. I'm a 44 year old person who is going through for the very first time in my life, my mixed Asian complex. I didn't have it before. I now have it because I'm being identified as Asian for the very first time in my life in my 40s. It's only started in my 40s. Mm-hmm. So that's making me question a lot about how I appear and how I maneuver through the world and what my responsibility is to Asian community when I actively have been putting most of my responsibility towards the black community. Like these are things that we have to deal with. So I think um, ac- letting people access where they access, yes, knowing that they're going to change over time you know, you may be a white presenting assumed or passing mixed person who has lived in whiteness, who is now finally exposing yourself to of colorness for the first time. And you got all kind of questions. Guess what? That's where you're at. So we have to let you have that time um, and engage you in conversations to give you access to that. That being said, we still have to be um, aware that sometimes we are the problematic one, right? Like even about our own perspectives and stuff like that. So like we have to be open to listen um, and again, not assume what other people, I think that's why people don't like assumed because it sounds like there's, there's a negative connotation to it. Um, But yeah. Well, all three of the terms, I love that you have them up on the screen so we can see (laughs) them, but all three of the terms are, iffy for me but then again most of the terms in any conversation yeah. about identity race racism and mixedness and anything else there there are very few per, there are very few perfect terms that everybody agrees on and uses so but these terms yes i'm like yes i'm agreeing with you completely we we must be open we must <clears throat> be respectful and we must we must be uh, we must embrace that mm. this person's truth is their truth Mm-hmm. It doesn't, they don't have to validate mine. It's not going to be anything like mine, probably. Right. I mean, you know, and mine's also from a very, you know, <laughs> a million years ago. I mean, even your own siblings don't identify the way right. you do. My own sibling doesn't identify the way that I do. Exactly. Like, you and are a unique thing, no matter that what. Should be, that should be a, a future episode. But um, <laughs> really, let's talk about yeah, siblings. No, for, yeah, identify. But um but yes, I agree that that it's really about learning from each other. None of us have all the answers. Each of us has only basically our own experience. Mm-hmm. And then if we have done research, as little as exists, because there really isn't a whole lot, but if we have done research or studied or something, bring that to the table too, because I think you're right. We're all constantly learning. We're all constantly evolving. And again, these conversations, these spaces 
are brand new. Mm. They are brand new. And I want to keep reminding people of that. Um, because I've been I've been wanting to have these conversations for six decades, yo. <laughs> you know, everyone's people, why do you have to talk about it? Uh, which is what I said. Until people time. stop asking why I need to talk about it, that's why I'm talking about it. That's why I need to talk about it. Because right. And it's like, well, I'm talking about it because it's but even so when you talk about when you started the show, you know, my my uh, memoir about being mixed, World Girl Coming of Race in the USA came out two years ago, mm-hmm. exactly two years ago. And in a few years before that, when I was talking to some a well-known African-American book editor with whom I'd worked in the traditional publishing realm before, and she was just asking, what are you working on? I said, oh, I'm doing, writing a memoir about me and Vicks. And her immediate reaction, she worked for one of the big publishers, was there's no market for that. Yeah. So exactly. And this was just, this was probably 2015, 16, 17. Okay. There's no market for that. Yeah. Right? I, I just thought, well, you're not aware of the market. <laughs> But I know that there I is, know, like, it's growing. And I do not think we're growing. out here existing. The whole military exists. <laughs> like there's a right. there's a lot of mixed folks out there. I know that we're not all mixed in the military. That's also something I'm dealing with right now. But yes, but no, you're right. I mean, <laughs> but again, but again, it's because we're just now being recognized as an entity. These conversations, these spaces, mixed. These are all brand new. And so I'm with you, and I'm coming at that to say the same thing you're saying which is all that to say, let's be open-minded, let's be gentle, let's come with love, grace, and respect. Mm -hmm. And it's not always easy. You and I have talked about this very frankly. It's not always easy, especially Mm -hmm. the folks who've grown up basically steeped in whiteness. And I say that because my struggle, if they're, and again, black, white for me, especially, especially if they're black, white mix, and they've grown up steeped in whiteness, regardless of what they look like or how they identify. But if they, if their frame of reference is white, I've struggled with folks like this until I figured it out for myself. It's hard because I, Teresa, don't yet have a way to relate to them. I know they're not white, but if they're interacting with me and talking to me like they're white, my brain goes, that's a white girl, that's a white boy. And yes, yes I'm a pejorative, but that's how I grew up. And you know, yeah, we got a boy, but they're mixed like me. But our experiences and our perspectives and our worldviews are so incredibly radically could not be more different from each other. Mm-hmm. I've struggled with that because I reflexively, I'm yeah. like, but I can't, I can't interact with them the way I interact with white people because I interact with white people in very specific ways different ways yeah very different ways always have always will and so I can't interact with them again and I've left been left feeling literally suspended having a moment of racial cultural identity dissonance in interacting Mm. with conversing with them because I we don't understand each other and this is what happens when we try to talk yeah Okay. Yeah, the the needing to give grace and and like uh anticipating um that this is going to be tough, but it's okay for us to do this. Yeah. Like that's that's what I think as like everything like the some of these conversations that are more comfort uh, uh confrontational and or uh what's the other word that starts with a C? Um com- controversial? controversial geez 
my brain. I'm on vacation. Um, <laughs> uh, that I think like internally that we need to have, I think people think we're so it's just supposed to be an easy, we should be able to get there with each other. But the thing is we have as much difference between us as any monoracial group has internally and and externally and more because we're dealing with it from multiple sides and stuff like that. And so we just, yeah, we just need to listen and, and calm down while we do it and, and not assume that your identity, the way you identify yourself is an attack on my identity and the way I identify myself. That's some shit that I have heard so many times. Well, really throughout my life, but specifically within the show, I think that's a thing. Like um, if someone doesn't like an episode, Mm. they don't like it because they think that is an attack on their own identity. When that's why I do the show the way I do, I'm talking to a person about their identity and how they maneuver the world. Um, And so we need to be able to make room for that when we have these conversations. Um, Because I know sometimes I got that knee jerk reaction too. Like I'm fucking, I'm 44. It's not like, I can just change on a dime and I'm like super ready to change. You know, like I'm an active listener, an active changer of my belief systems and my structures and stuff like that, because I need to maneuver that way. That being said, I have the, Oh, that's a white boy reaction to things too. Even within my own family, like Mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, So like, it's the thing is you just have to, you, the real thing is about programming your body to react to when you have those (laughs) gut thing so you're like oh shit no that's not mine i gotta work on that you know or that shouldn't be mine or something like that um i caught i've I've told a story about catching it with uh one time using my not my racism toward or prejudice towards koreans but literally stuff that was passed down to me from my japanese family and then catching it and go wait i don't have any problem with koreans why did i think that for a second like you know you have to be able to train yourself to to be ready to catch yourself being problematic and make those changes. Um, And so like, that's, that's what I'm hoping. So I think again, just to get back into before we wrap up uh, the, the reason why we started this conversation was not because we wanted to have a closed conversation with two people who don't have this experience. We have two platforms in which we can access these groups of people. We have two platforms in which we could be helping to be a support or resource to people who have these experiences if need be but we also have two platforms that are actively trying to learn about the experiences of other mixed people and part of those experience experiences include things that we do not engage with as mixed people and one of those things is having an identity that is white passing white presenting white assumed or being identified as that regardless of how you identify yourself so i think that is um really more to open things up. So if you're listening to this episode and this is um, the the experience that you have as a mixed person of being assumed or presenting or passing as white, um, engage so that we can start sharing that so that you don't also have to deal with the constant um, responsibility <laughs> to carry the weight of all the white passing, white presenting and white assumed uh, folks, because we've all had to carry the weight of different ethnic things within our mixes as well. Um, but in community, we would like to understand so that we can be a resource for, for folks um, to come to when they go through stuff like that. You know, that's, that's really the mission across militantly mix across the board. But I think big time across Mixanti um, in our private conversations as well as in our public conversations and in the work that we've done together. It's, 
that's always at heart is trying to figure out how to help the babies. <laughs> want to help the babies, y'all, because this, you know, y'all are the future. And thank you, Charmaine. And just to wrap up, yes. And to, to understand that we want to learn, we want to listen, we want to grow. And, and we want to proactively and preemptively get rid of things that cause us to feel like we're invalidating each other. Yes. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. Absolutely. And in order to do that, we have to communicate and we have to, like you said, learn to understand it and, and, you know, it just either dismantle or neutralize our own little triggers when they pop up. Yeah. And, but, but also know that these conversations are so militantly radical, so revolutionary and so beautiful because they haven't happened like this before. Mm -hmm. And this is a time when, you know, we can utilize our experiences, our identities, our phenotypes, our language, our connections and communication with each other to really work toward actual progress. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you again for coming and having these talks with me. I love that we're doing this every month. It it feels like like a much needed staple of of the kind of work that we do. Uh, why don't you tell everybody how to find the Mixanti Confidential blog? And actually, if you wouldn't even mind bringing up the last article that you just dropped too. Yes. Uh, Mixanti Confidential. Just You can Google Mixanti Confidential or it's Mixanti um, at Substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K. <laughs> There'll be a link in the show notes. <laughs> link, in the, link in the show notes. Thank you. Um, and my most recent post is um, I got to go behind the scenes with the amazing Sarah Lotus Garrett, a fellow mixed auntie, mm-hmm. full disclosure, who has created a wonderful, miraculous space and was just recently featured on here as well, um, called the Mixed Bloom Room. And shout out because she's taking um, registrations till uh, May 16th, so a couple more days. Um, for the Mixed Bloom Room, which is a brilliant, very affirming, uh, loving growth space for folks of mixed identities. And mm-hmm. she is a phenomenal coach. So I went behind the scenes. We had a conversation. I had her give you know tips for mixed folks, why they should want to check out her room and then all that. So you know, we'll put that in the show notes. Do check out Mixed Auntie Confidential and we're, you know, fellow aunties with Militantly Mixed all the time. We cross post and everything else. And just know that every step of your journey, every aspect of who you are is exactly what and where it's and who it's supposed to be and who you're right. supposed to be. There there are no wrong answers. Yeah. You, you don't mix wrong. You don't Right. I guess unless you're actively racist um, or something like that, you, but you just are, you just are who you are. And, um, and that is entirely okay. And that's why the slogan of this show has always been be your mixed ass self. Unapologetically. Unapologetically. Yes. And on that note, we out. Out. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, The One. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation.
And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.